things are an act of worship to our Lord and Savior, who is alone worthy of all of our praise, whose name is above all other names. And Scripture tells us that one day before his throne, we will worship him for eternity. Later on, we'll be reading out of Revelation, and John paints such an amazing portrait of worship that captures all of our senses, fire, flame, smoke, singing, all of these things. So this morning, Lord, we lift up our hearts to you. Lord, as we come together, your body here at Brush Prairie, may our hearts be open to receive all that you would have for us today so that we may know you better so that we would be challenged, we would be exhorted to spread the gospel, this good news of the salvation that we have in Christ and in Him alone. So, Lord, may everything that we say and everything that we do this morning bring glory and honor to You, O fount of every blessing, we pray in Jesus' name. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me sad melodious sonnet, sang by flaming tongues of gold. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of God's redeeming love. Hitherto thy love has blessed me, thou hast brought me to this place. And I know thy hand will bring me safely home by thy good grace. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he too from danger, bought me with his precious blood. And oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. And prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for prone to wander, Lord, courts above. And prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above.
of God's people said? Amen. Amen. Now, two things I want you to, to do in the next moment. Not only greet someone that you haven't seen in a while or that sometimes it's really fun to introduce yourself to somebody you don't know. That's really good. Second thing is, several of you have commented um, a few times about um, printed words. And so what we have, um, and our ushers have them in the back, and if you wave your hand frantically during our time to greet, they can bring you a song sheet. Um, song sheet for a couple reasons. Maybe you want to remain seated during one of the songs and just worship the Lord as you're seated, but still be able to follow along with the words. So we want you to have those. Others of you who have asked, when you do a new song, boy, that was a, that was a great song. Do you have the words and extra copies so that I can take it home? So if you fit in one of those two categories, you'd like to, to have a song sheet, just uh, catch one of the ushers as we're taking a moment to greet one another. Um, or raise your hand, give them a signal, a high five. There we go. We got some coming up the, coming up the aisle here. So um, now, try, try introducing yourself to someone you don't know. That, that, God opens up so many cool doors when you do something like that. Take a minute to greet each other, would you? Good morning. Good morning. Glad to see all of you this morning. And um, if we haven't met yet, my name is Bob. It's my privilege to be the pastor here at Brush Prairie. And also want to welcome you this morning to our worship service. And uh, just a good morning together in our Lord Jesus. I have, a, I have a, a stack of announcements that I wanted to share with you. First of all, let me just remind you again of this communication card. The reason this is here is not merely that we can know that you're here. Although it's nice to know that, especially if I wasn't sure if I I saw somebody, but I'm not sure if I've seen them for a couple of weeks. Would like to check in, but uh, this is one more way you help us to know who's, who's missing by using it when you're not missing. Uh, another thing is just uh, we would love to hear something that we can 
pray with you about, something we can rejoice with the Lord with you about. If you want to keep it private, you can mark that. If, you'd, if you're happy we share it with others who pray, then we'll do that as well. But it's, it's good to pray together and rejoice together, and this is one opportunity to do that. If, if there's something going on, if there's a particular ministry you'd like more information about. Speaking of ministries, uh, the, the um, Sunday morning Bible class at 9.15 that Dave Brown leads has been on a... Um, a short break for the last three weeks that will be starting again next week. So if you're wondering when that was restarting, Dave Brown's Bible class at 9.15 will be starting again next Sunday. Okay? Got that. All right. A few other, uh, one big announcement that I have is right after the service this morning, we have our last lunch uh, and fundraiser for the Mexico mission team. So the, the, the Rev Center building is again decked out with Mexican decorations. We are having tacos and, and fajitas and uh, a whole lot of fun planned. A jail has been built. We have deputized some Policia Federales. And uh, you will, if you follow the news at all, you know that uh, police in Mexico, it's not always the most straightforward. The laws can be a little confusing and the officials can be a little corrupt. And this is your opportunity to have a little fun with that and use it to your advantage against someone. All right? So uh, come join us. Have fun with that. There will be street vendors. There will be good food. There will be, as I said, the federales and uh, um, just some other unexpected things as well. There's, there's currency exchange. You'll want to get there early because you never know what the rates are going to do, right? So... That's just the way it is. A fireworks stand, I think their rates are a little more constant than ours. A fireworks stand at Safeway and Andreessen. And that's the fireworks stand the youth group is, is operating. And uh, there's information about that in the bulletin. There is CAEF training tonight. Child Evangelism Fellowship. This is training to go with RVBC. Or just if you, this is a great opportunity to get some training on how to lead a child to Christ. If you, if you would like to just uh, know how is that done in child terms, this is a great opportunity. So the first of those training opportunities is tonight at 6 p.m. Don't say, oh, there's, this is the first, so there's going to be another one. Don't take a chance that you won't make the next one. Uh, come out tonight at 6 p.m. while I've reminded of you of it and you're ready and it's fresh. A summer jazz barbecue. There's a, there's a note in, on the bulletin in that as well. 5 to 7 on July 12th. That's a Saturday. We will be catering from Hula Boys again. So again, this is something you're going to want to invite friends to. Just some, some, some wonderful jazz music, opportunity to, to hang around outside in a nice uh, summer, late afternoon, early evening, and also share a light supper meal together as well. So look forward to that, and be sure to be thinking about the neighbors, uh, people you work with that you could invite. Our purpose in that is, is not merely for, for, for us to enjoy some good music, although I'm looking forward to that. Are you? But also to to share that with somebody and just have a good, friendly neighbor church contact with some folks. Um, One last announcement. We are starting this morning with summer school, or rather Sunday school is off for the summer. So we are starting now during uh, 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 during the worship service, especially during the sermon time, we are starting a kid's word. Basically, it'd be a 30 minute, 35 minute kid's Bible lesson at the same time as the sermon. So after Ryan does his kid's talk this morning, because our youth pastor, Ryan McKinney, is preaching this morning, yeah? So while he's doing, while, while Ryan is doing that, I'm going to be taking the kids for our first 
kids' word lesson time. Now, I can't do it next week because I'm going to be back here preaching again next week So uh, and weeks following after that. So we do need more help. We need more people on that team to make it a rotational team to have an opportunity for kids grades 1 to 4. After the kids talk, they can go out with those two people who will be helping, teaching, leading them that day. They will have a 30-minute lesson. Then they'll come back at the end of the sermon. They'll come back in for that closing worship time, be able to rejoin families. So if you would be able to help with that on a rotation basis, please, we do need help in, able to, in, in order to pull this off. Um, you're thinking somebody else would probably do that better, but if they're not doing it, you would do it better. So please, uh, consider, even if your schedule is going to be in and out, that's why we want it to be on a rotation, use the white card for that. One final thing, I want to ask... Uh, I want to ask Josie to, to, to come on up here. Josie has been helping our, our, our Mexico team. She was giving us some, some Spanish lessons and so on. And uh, Josie came to faith in Christ here at Brush Prairie. Uh, it seems like it wasn't so very long ago. In, in February. Last February, not this February. Yeah, year ago February. I, my mind does that too. She came to faith in Christ and, and uh, um, first, first through a, a, a group of ladies at the ladies' Bible study and uh, had the privilege of talking with her about Christ as well, had the privilege of, of seeing her. She shared her faith with us and was baptized right here in the church, and uh, many of you have been uh, touched by her, ministered together with her, but Josie is going to be moving. Yeah. I'm with you there. But she has some family members over in Walla Walla that are in some transitions, and it's just going to be much more helpful to them if she's able to be there close by in the midst of that. So that's what she's doing. She's packing up and moving to, to come alongside others at a time of need and a time of help. She's going to be living her Christian faith toward them. And so we, we want to, as a church, pray for her as she goes. She's also going to be um, packing up, and, and uh, Steve Stout has asked for a couple of men, just a couple of in to help um, to, to, to pack a truck at her place tomorrow morning, right? Nine o'clock. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, it's not a big job, so, so if, but please, a couple of you, and don't assume somebody else is called, call, and if he's already got his two, then he'll let you know and you'll be off the hook, and you will have called, you will have tried, and yet you don't have to work. See? <laughs> that is a win, okay? So maybe call a little later this afternoon. You know, give others time, but call. Right now, let's pray for Josie, would you? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for our sister in Christ. We thank you, Lord, for her faith in Jesus. How you, um, you showed her the love of Christ who, who loved her and died for her, for the forgiveness of her sins. And she wants to share that with her family. She wants to come alongside them at a time when, when they need help. And she wants to be able to both show and tell Jesus to them. Lord, would you give her your grace and mercy in this? Would you also, as she has, as we've been able to, to make connection with a good church, Lord, would you help her to, to settle into that church family and its ministries just as she has settled in and become of our, a part of our family? Lord, we ask your abundant blessing on her as she goes, your grace through her to others, as well as that you would uphold her and provide for her all along the way. As you've opened the doors so far, Lord, continue to make a way by your grace and favor for her all the way into your kingdom. We ask this, Father, trusting her to you in Jesus' name, and all those who agree said, Amen. 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 As we continue, let's stand together, shall we? Jesus, Jesus, firm foundation.
Fear not, he is with us, so be not dismayed, for he is our God, our sustainer and strength. He'll be our defender and cause us to stand, upheld by his merciful almighty hand. How firm our foundation. How sure our salvation, and we will not be shaken. Jesus' firm foundation. The soul that is trusting in Jesus as Lord. We'll press on, enduring the darkest of storm. And though even hell should endeavor to shake, he'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. He'll never, he'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. How firm our foundation, how sure our salvation, and we will not be shaken. Jesus' firm foundation. To age he stands, faithful to the end. And all may fade away, but he will remain, he will remain. How firm our foundation, how sure. Sure, our salvation, and we will not be 
hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love, through the storm, he darkness seems to hide his face. I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Christ alone Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. Then one day, when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, then I then. in his righteousness alone, faultless we stand before the throne, faultless to stand before the throne, Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the my rock and he's my fortress 
is my deliverer, in him will I trust. Praise the And we do that this morning, Lord. We praise your name, the author of salvation, the one who conquered the grave, who defeated death. And in him and him alone, we have life, abundant life, eternal life. So, Lord, we praise you this morning. Lord, as your servant comes to open your word, may you open us up to your word, Lord, that we may hear those things you would have us learn. Anoint Pastor Ryan as he comes, Lord. Give him a freedom and a boldness as he, as he proclaims the truths found in Scripture. In all things, Lord, we give you thanks, we give you praise. We ask these, name, these things in the name of our risen Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Except for the kids, you may be seated. Kids, you get to come down, and uh, Pastor Ryan's going to share some stuff with you here. So come on down. Hey, could you get me a water? Pardon? Could you get me a water? Pardon? Could you get me a water? Yeah. Hey, guys. How you doing? How's your first week of summer been so far? You done anything fun yet? No? It's been kind of rainy, hasn't it? That's no fun and boring. How many of you guys have been to the beach yet this year? You've been to the beach? A few of you guys have been to the beach? Yeah, thanks. Can anyone tell me what these are? Sand, um, put sand toys. Sand toys, yeah. What do you, what do, you do with them? Yeah, you make sandcastles. Yep, you make sandcastles with them. Exactly. Have you guys ever built sandcastles before? Um, have you guys ever maybe stayed at the beach overnight and built sandcastles and then come back the next day? Is that what happened to yours? No. Oh, you never want, but you but you know about them. Wow. Yeah. So, what happened when I was a kid? Um, I used to live in a different city, and I went to a different church, and we would do family camp, kind of like you guys do family camp at the beach. Um, and I, so we would, uh, the campground was kind of up on a hill, and you would go down the hill to the beach. And every year, sometimes we'd stay even a whole week, um, but we'd at least stay for a few days. We'd go down to the beach every day, and we'd build sandcastles and stuff. And every day I'd build, you know, no, well, not every day, but, but sometimes I'd build these sandcastles, and I'd always come running down the hill the next day to see if it was still there. Was my sandcastle still there? And guess what? It never was. And when I was, when I was your guys' age, I couldn't figure out. Oh, yeah? Not near the water. That's a good idea. But I couldn't figure out what was going on. When I was, when I was your guys' age, I wasn't as smart as you. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Who was coming and knocking down my sandcastles every night? But what was happening? What happens at the night water, at the beach? The water the tide. the tide comes in, yeah, yeah, and it washes it away. Yeah. We would even have sandcastle building contests, and people would build huge sandcastles. But the next day, 
All that was left was a mound of sand where it used to be. They would never last. Um, so, so I want you guys to think about that as you're not listening to my sermon because you will be with Bob. Um, but uh, so just remember, you guys can go now. Um, if you want to stay here, you can, but Bob's in the back and you could follow him and go to Children's Church if you want. So like Bob said, my name's Pastor Ryan, um, and he mentioned something about fireworks. So I am in, I'm right in the middle of fireworks right now, um, and so if I stop preaching at any point and start trying to sell you fireworks, somebody wave their hands and let me know um, to get back to the point, okay? Um, so I'm going to read a verse for you guys. It's 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I want to tell you guys a story this morning about a man and his father. Um, this man was born into his father's castle. This, his, his father had built a castle for him. And it was, it was a good castle. It was a nice castle. It was fortified. It was strong. And it was nice inside. We, you know, kind of like a Disney movie castle, when in reality, medieval castles were damp and dark and cold and unsanitary. This was a good castle. Had lots of colorful things on the walls, and it was great. And this boy grew up in the castle. And he never needed to leave the castle because everything he had was in that, everything he needed was in that castle. And his father took care of him there. But one day... As the son was getting a little bit older, he went to his father and said, Father, how did you build this castle? Can you tell me the secret to how you did this? Can you tell me how you built this? And his father said, I can, son. If you really want me to, I will tell you. But I know you. And I know that if I tell you how I built this castle, you're going to leave and you're going to try to build your own. And you're never going to be able to build a castle like this. And if you leave my castle, you're not going to find your way back again. He said, I will tell you, but it's not, what, it's not what's best for you. So the son thought about it, and he went on living in the castle for a little while longer. Until finally, his curiosity got the best of him. He had to know, how did his dad build this castle? How, you know, how could he have done something like this? What was the secret to building a castle? And so... He asked his dad once again. His dad said, okay, I'll tell you. But you know what's going to happen. And his son said, no, I'm not going to leave. I just want to know. So he told his son how he built the castle. And sure enough, the son left to build his own castle. Because he, now that he knew the secret, he thought, I can build a better castle. I can do this even better. So he left his father's castle and traveled far and wide across the world but he was never able to build a castle like his dad's. He kept trying, but there, there wasn't the right materials in certain places. In other places, you know, even when he had the right materials, even just making one brick for his castle was so much work, was so difficult that he couldn't do it. And he could never find his way back to his father's castle. So he wandered, looking for a way to build a new castle for himself. And he ended up 
at the ocean. He ended up at the beach. And at the beach, he found that the sand that was close to the water, he could form it, and it would stay, it would stay formed. So he started making bricks out of this wet sand, started building a wall for his castle. He worked hard the rest of the day on it, but as it started to get dark, he, he uh, went back up into the woods to sleep because his castle wasn't done yet. He couldn't live there yet. And when he woke up the next morning, it was gone. What happened to it? What in the world? So he started building the morning that day. He had all day now. Built the walls pretty high, got a lot done, went to sleep again that night, woke up the next morning, and it was gone. Just a mound where it used to be. He did this day in and day out, trying to build his castle. And day in and day out, his castle made of sand would fall into the sea. <clears throat> Today we're going to be talking out of 1 Corinthians 15. We're, uh, we've been going through 1 Corinthians now for two months, and we're now at the last week of 1 Corinthians. And so I want you guys to open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15. If you have a pew Bible, it's 961 is the page it's on. And he starts out in chapter 15, in the first verse, the first few words, he says, Now I would remind you. Now I would remind you. Paul does this kind of thing in his, in his letter sometimes. It's this turning point in the chapter, this transition. He does it in Romans 12 where he says, Therefore, whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, you have to ask, what is it there for? And so this is similar to that. Now I would remind you. Why is he saying this? It's a turning point. Well, before we're reminded of, of, of what, he wants to remind us, what he wants to remind us of, let's look at what we've talked about for the last eight weeks. We started out with foundations. What is the church all about? What are the foundations of the church? We talked about worshiping together, growing together, serving together, that these are the foundations of the church. Then we talked about spiritual gifts. And we talked about three lies, three lies that the world is trying to tell us. We talked about marriage. And then this last week, we talked about sacrificing some of our liberties so that we can, so that we can minister to others. Giving up certain things for the sake of others. And so we've talked about all those things. That was the first 14 chapters of 1 Corinthians. And now Paul says, now I would remind you. And what is he going to remind us of? Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. He's bringing it back once again to the gospel. If you guys, the youth should probably know this because they hear me teach every week. Um, and you guys might even know this just from the few times I've preached this year. But this is, that's like my line. That's what I'm all about. Let's bring it back to the gospel. It's all about the gospel. And every single sermon that I preach, it all has to come back to the gospel because that's the most important thing. And so even though I was going to be preaching in the midst of fireworks and the craziness, I still wanted to do this one because this is right, right, down, right up my alley. He says, Now I would remind you of the gospel. I preach to you which you received in which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. So let's bring it back to the gospel. All those things I just told you, all those things I just talked to you about for the last 14 chapters, about how the church should act, how, what the church should be built on, now let's bring it back to the gospel because that's what's important. But then that question is, what is the gospel? Because we throw that word around a lot, don't we? 
we're always saying the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. Well, what is the gospel? Because there may be some people in this room right now that don't really know what the gospel is, or they don't have a really clear idea of what the gospel is. And if you ever find yourself going, what is the gospel? What is it again? Turn to 1 Corinthians 15.3, because it lays it out really well right here. What is the gospel? In verse 3, he says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve, and then he continues on with all these different people that Jesus appeared to. So what is the gospel? First, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. What does that mean? Well, first we have to understand that we are sinful. And that, kind of, that understanding has to come before that. We have to understand that we need saving. But once we do that, we understand that Christ died for our sins. And it wasn't just some man that died that claimed that, claimed that he was dying for our sins, okay? It's according to the Scriptures. What does that mean to us today? Those scriptures, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that we see the life of Jesus and the death of Jesus, but also the Old Testament, the prophecy that fulfilled, that he fulfilled, okay? This isn't just something we're making up. This is according to the scriptures. Okay, so first, Jesus died according to the scriptures. Second, that he was buried. Now, we don't think of that one as important very often, but it is. Because how many people are going to die today and then get revived a few minutes later? Probably quite a few. From what I understand, I mean, I think it's a pretty common occurrence. At least it is on TV. Um, but there's people that, that I've even met that I've talked to that have been dead for like three minutes, and then they're revived. So is that the same thing as Jesus? Oh, I came back to life. No. There's only a few people in the history of the world that have ever died and then been buried and then come back. And that was Jesus and the people that he raised. If you go so far as to bury someone, they're not going to come back alive again. If they're really dead. And so the fact that he was buried means something. And people will try and tell, maybe you've heard different, different stories, different myths, that, that Jesus didn't actually die, that he, he was almost dead, and then they put him in the tomb, and then the cool of the tomb healed him. Okay, it doesn't make any sense. He was dead. He was buried. He was completely dead. Not just mostly dead. So, that he died for our sins, then he was buried, and then that he was raised on the third day. He wasn't just buried, he was in the tomb for three days, and then he was raised. And he raised from the dead. And that continues on, and it says, and that he, um, in verse, verse 5, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, and then, like I said, it continues on, he appeared to 500 others. He, he's going through all these different people that Jesus appeared to. And it's kind of funny. It's kind of like, okay, Paul, we get it. He appeared to a bunch of people. And then he kind of finishes with, um, and he appeared to one untimely born, to Paul himself, um, on the road to Damascus. So he even throws himself under there. Jesus appeared to me. And so we see all these different people that Jesus appeared to. And it's kind of like, okay, Paul, why did you throw it in there? It almost feels like the genealogy. You're kind of like, okay, yeah, who cares? He appeared to all those different people. So why, why does it matter that he appeared to those different people? When we talk about the gospel, how often do we focus on Jesus' death? So often we focus on him dying for our sins, and that's important. But I even remember growing up and, and kind of thinking 
because we have Easter, and Easter is a big celebration, a big day, talking about Jesus' resurrection. Then you have Good Friday, which is talking about Jesus' death. And for some reason, a lot of people show up on Easter, but hardly anybody shows up on Good Friday. And, and as a kid, I kept thinking, man, but it doesn't matter if he raised from the dead. What matters is that he died for our sins. That's the part that really matters, is that he died for our sins. And so I grew up, um, part of my life, even thinking about this, thinking, I don't even think he really needed to raise from the dead. I don't think that was even important. All that matters is that he died for our sins. But that's not true. It's important that he died for our sins. But the resurrection is important too, and that's what Paul's getting at here. That's why it matters that so many people saw Jesus raised from the dead, was because the resurrection does matter. Paul says in, in, in this chapter, verse 17, he says, And if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. If Christ didn't raise from the dead, then we've wasted our lives. I'm going to say that again. If Christ didn't raise from the dead, then we've wasted our lives. If Christ did not raise, if he was not resurrected, then what are you guys doing in here right now? Because it's pointless. What am I doing with my life? I spent the last couple very long days at the fireworks stand, and I'm about to spend quite a few more very long days at the fireworks stand. If Christ didn't raise from the dead, then what I'm doing is pointless. Trying to send kids to camp, if Christ didn't raise from the dead, is useless. And my whole life is in vain. But if Christ did raise from the dead, if he did, if he was resurrected, then I have no regrets about youth ministry, about fireworks, about any of that, because it was all worth it. All of the hard work, all of that stuff that goes into this, it was all worth it because of Christ's resurrection. Guys, the resurrection matters. And Paul talks about it. Most of this chapter, chapter is about Christ raising from the dead, is about the resurrection of the dead. And I wish I, wish I could spend a lot more time on it. Um, unfortunately, I only have one week. Um, unless you guys give me a couple more weeks. Bob's not here, so he doesn't have any say in it. <clears throat> the gospel. Jesus died for our sins. He was buried, and he was raised on the third day. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then our God died and he stayed dead. How would we know that any of it was true? How do we know that any of it matters? It was just some guy saying something. Just some guy saying that he was God, saying that he would die for our sins. But it was all confirmed on that day when he rose from the dead. As I was reading this through the first time, um, getting in, pre- in preparation for this sermon, a quote came to my mind, a quote by C.S. Lewis, and he says, Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. As that quote is so true, because Christianity, if it is false, then it is of no importance. We are wasting our lives. Why are we in church right now if Christianity is not true? We really are wasting our lives. Um, He says here, um, if I can find it, um, in verse 19, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. If Jesus Christ didn't raise from the dead, then we are to be most pitied because we are most wasting our lives. So Christianity, if false, is of no importance. But if it is true, if Christianity is true, it's of infinite importance. 
The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And yet, how often are we making it moderately important in our lives? How often am I making it moderately important in my life? I'm a pastor, and so often I make Christianity moderately important. Paul is writing this kind of in a react, as, as a reaction against some of the stuff that the Corinthians have said. The Corinthians didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. Um, it, was, uh, it was kind of a, an absurd thought to them. Why would you think of, or he, they, it was just absurd that people would come back from the dead, that there would be a physical resurrection. So we, a lot of this comes out of that. And, and most of Christians in here today, we believe in that resurrection. We believe that Jesus raised from the dead. And so that's not as big of a problem for us. But you know what is? You know what culture is telling us? Now, there's still a lot of culture that doesn't like Christianity, that wants us to not be Christians. But you know what the big push is today? Yeah, have faith. Being a Christian is great. Just keep it to yourself, okay? Keep church at church. Don't bother me with your faith. Everyone can believe what they want to. That's the big push of culture today, is that faith is a great thing, as long as you keep it to yourself. And so how often are we doing that today? How often are we keeping our faith to ourselves? How often are we making Christianity moderately important? When someone says, tell me a little bit about yourself, and we say, oh, you know, you say your name and, and where you live and the kind of job you have. You talk about your family. Maybe you talk about where you're from. And then maybe, just maybe, you throw in at the end, oh, and I go to church on Sundays. I'm a Christian, something like that. And it's just moderately important in your life. It's just a small part, just a section of your life. I go to church on Sundays and maybe one other day in the week, but I don't need to bother about Jesus or anything during the rest of it. I've got my own stuff to do. Christianity cannot be moderately important. If it's false, then it's not important at all. And if it's true, then it changes everything. The resurrection changes everything. And so that's what I'm talking about this morning, guys, is that the resurrection really does change our whole lives, and it should change our whole lives. Um, With this quote by C.S. Lewis, I think of another one that he talked about. He talks about Jesus. So often people talk about Jesus being a great moral teacher. And he says, Jesus could not have been a great moral teacher. Jesus, because of the claims he made, because of the things he said, he was either a lunatic, a liar, or the devil himself, or he was the son of God. He couldn't have been just a great moral teacher. And that's what, I kind of think about it in the same way. We try to minimize Christianity, and yet if it is true, if the resurrection did happen, if Jesus did raise from the dead, then that should be the most important thing in our lives, because it's the only thing that will last. We talk I talked about sandcastles earlier. The things we do for this world will keep getting knocked down day in and day out. It's all in vain. And yet the things we do for Christ will last. I want you guys to take a look at your lives right now. Have an existential moment and think about the things that you're doing and if they will last. Because whenever I do that, I go, wow, I'm really wasting a lot of time and energy on things that there's no reason for. It's just castles made of sand that will slip into the sea eventually. 
And so because the resurrection changes everything, what do we do? I've found that in my preaching, a lot of times I'm a little too vague, and I just kind of will end with something like that and say, now go out and figure it out yourself. But I don't want to do that this week. Because the resurrection changes everything in our lives, something's going to happen. Because we have a better way to live. There's a better way to live, guys. And he says it right there in verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. But once again, that verse is kind of vague. What, am I, what do I mean when I say a better life? What have we been talking about for the last two months? That's the better life to live. Worship together, grow together, serve together. Avoid the things that you shouldn't do. Don't listen to the lies of our culture. Follow God in marriage and singleness and wherever he has you in your life. And you're going to give up certain liberties that you have for the sake of others. That is the better life to live. But as I talk about this better life, I always find myself questioning and going, see, there's this tension in the church that I've always found. When you're a kid in Sunday school, you're told to follow the Ten Commandments and honor your mother and father and do what is right. But then you discover grace and you start to read more of the Bible and you go, wait, I'm not under the law anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm free because of what Christ did for me, and so I don't need to follow the law. I'm not under the law. And so we start to do that. But then, we, but then people talk about, oh, well, you're still supposed to live like a Christian. And it just goes back and forth between this liberty in Christ and slavery under the law. And we just feel so conflicted about, about what to do. But I found in this chapter a good explanation about what this is all about. Because there is a, good, there is a better way to live, but our reason for living a better way isn't because of the law. In verse 56, Paul says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The power of sin is the law. We're not under the law anymore. And we shouldn't try to live by the law for the sake of the law. There's a better way to live. My son, Michael, you guys thought I was going to get away without talking about him, but he's almost seven months old. He'll be seven months old in a couple days. And he's not potty trained yet. And it's really bugging me because it's really inconvenient to us. We're trying, you know, I'm trying to teach him, but he just just doesn't get it. He's not potty trained. I am potty trained. Happened a few years ago. It's been great ever since. I think, I think a lot of us have felt at different times as we're playing with babies, as we're taking care of babies, we, get, we kind of envy babies a little bit, right? We say, man, if you only knew how lucky you had it. Because when you grow up to be an adult, you have lots of responsibility, and it's hard work, and man, To be a baby again would be easy. People taking care of you all the time. But you know one thing I don't envy? Not being potty trained. I will happily go to the bathroom. I found a better way to live. And I never want to go back there. If I can help it, I never want to get back to that place again. And I know this is kind of funny or kind of gross to some of you and you don't want me to talk about this. But the fact is, we've all been at that stage in our life when we we weren't potty trained. And now most of you that can understand me in here are. Paul says, 
in verse... Uh, I can't find it. Okay, verse 34, he says, Wake up from your drunken stupor, as is right, and do not go on sinning. Do you know why we shouldn't sin? It's not because we're bound by lots, because there's a better way. Why does God not want us to sin? It's not just because he hates sin. It's not just because he, doesn't, he wants us to, to have a miserable life. It's not just because he doesn't want us to have fun. It's because he wants what's best for us. And you know what's best for us? Not sinning. After we know about the resurrection, after we've given our lives to Christ, to go back to sinning is like to put that diaper on again and be sitting around in our own mess. Why would we ever want to do that? And yet day in and day out, I go back to sinning. Day in and day out, we go back to sinning. Because of the resurrection, there is a better way to live. And our reason for that better way is because it is better for us. And it's always hard because whenever I, whenever I bring this kind of thing up, I, I'm always, sometimes I make it a little too selfish. And I say, why should you live this better way? Because it's better for you and you'll be happier. And it's hard because we shouldn't be living selfishly like that. And yet that's part of it. It is better for us. But it's also better for the people around us. We're going to be most satisfied in the Lord. And we're going to be most satisfied in that better way. And so I hope you guys understand that this morning, that that better way to live is because of the resurrection, because of what Jesus has done for us. And you know, there's actually three resurrections. Jesus was raised from the dead 2,000 years ago. When we came to know Christ, when we came to believe in Christ, we were dead to ourselves before that, and we were raised to new life. The visualization of that is baptism. Baptism is that, that, that signif- you know, it visualizes that being dead to your sins and being raised to new life. We're going to baptize someone in a couple weeks. And I would encourage you guys, if you haven't been baptized, if you haven't shown everybody in your church that you have died to your sins to be raised to new life with Christ, talk to one of the pastors, talk to me, talk to Bob, talk to one of the elders, because we would love to do that with you. And so that's the second resurrection. When we die to our sins and we're raised to new life here on earth. But then there's a third one. Now it's coming in the future. We are raised with Christ on the new, in the new heaven and the new earth. And that's what I'm looking forward to. The resurrection changes everything. And guys, it will be a physical resurrection. We often think of heaven as just clouds and, and us kind of floating around in a dreamlike state, but that's not it. You see, a non-physical resurrection is like a sunless sunrise. Did any of you go out and watch the sunrise this morning? I was up when the sun was coming up this morning. And there was a bunch of clouds, and it wasn't pretty. That's what a non-physical resurrection is like. We will have new bodies. Our bodies will be made new. And that's what we look forward to in the future. But you know what? Each one of those resurrections, what had to happen? Someone had to die. Jesus had to die. We have to die to ourselves. And unless the rapture comes, we're going to have to die again. But the resurrection is worth it. We have to die to live, and that's what this chapter is about here. Die to live. To have true life. To have real life with Christ Jesus. And so... What's that final verse tell us now? That, granted, there's another chapter, but we're not going to go over that next week. Um, so 
We're going to end with this, with this verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. If you're doing things for the world, you're, build, you're building sandcastles. And they're going to not be knocked down all the time. But if you're doing things for Christ, they won't be. Your labor is not in vain. I told you a story beginning of the service about a man and his father and building sandcastles. The name of that man was Adam, and his father was God. And yes, I kind of made up the story, but it shows us a different picture of the fall we haven't looked at before. As man, we willingly gave up paradise, that perfect world, that perfect castle to try to build our own. Why didn't Adam and Eve want to know the difference between good and evil? Because they wanted to make the choice for themselves. They wanted to be able to do the right thing and build their own kingdom. God didn't even want to have them have to make that choice. And so we've been wandering the world, and we ended up at the beach, and we've been building sandcastles. And every night the tide comes in and knocks them over. But when Jesus came and died for our sins, he gave us access to that real, that true castle again. And we can go back to that and build that with him. We don't have to be stuck here building sandcastles. And I'll be honest with you guys, I'm going to keep building them, unfortunately, and you're going to keep building them, and they're going to keep getting knocked down, and we're never going to learn. But let's take a look at our lives and the things we're doing in our lives. Because at the end of it, we're going to look back and say, did everything I do, was that worthless? Was I building sandcastles to get knocked down? Or was I, was I doing things for Christ? Was I doing things for the kingdom that will never go away, that will never perish? Verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Everything comes back to the gospel. If you're trying to do works without the gospel, your labor is in vain. The resurrection matters. In fact, the resurrection changes everything. And because of that resurrection, it says right here, In verse 55, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? That final death is taken away. And we will still have to die. We'll have to first, we have to die to ourselves. And then, depending on what happens, we'll have to die in real life as well. But then we're raised with Christ. The resurrection changes everything. And because of that resurrection, we have a better way to live. We have an opportunity to live a better life a life with meaning, a life with purpose. As it says in that last phrase, your labor is not in vain. I don't want my labor to be in vain. Pray with me. Dear God, I pray that we would understand more about the gospel. God, your your word, this, this Bible, this story that you've told us is the gospel, God. And I just pray that we would understand that better and we would really get the resurrection, that we would really understand 
what the resurrection means for our lives. And I pray that that would cause us to understand that better way to live. Not so that we can follow the law, not so that we can gain our salvation, God. You've already given it to us. But so that we can live in that better life with you. That we can bring others into your kingdom. And that we can labor, not in vain, God, but that we can do work that will last, do work that will matter in our lives. In your name, amen. As we continue in worship, uh, the ushers are going to come forward to receive our tithes and offerings. And as we were reminded, because of the resurrection, death is defeated. Christ conquered the grave. He is risen. Let no one caught in sin remain inside the lie of inward shame, but fix our eyes upon the cross and run to him who showed great love and Trampling over death by death Come awake, come awake Come and rise up from the grave Christ is risen from the dead We are one with Him again Come awake, come awake Come and rise up from the grave Beneath the weight of all our sin, you bow to none but heaven's will. No scheme of hell, no scoffer's crown, no burden great can hold you down in strength. You Let's stand together, shall we? Proclaim Christ is risen from the dead Trampling over death by death Come awake, come awake Come and rise up from the grave Christ is risen from the dead We are one with Him again Come awake, come awake Come and rise up from the grave. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? Oh, church, come stand in the light. The glory of God has defeated the night. Singing, oh, Death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? Oh, 
God is not dead. He's alive. He's alive. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the dead. Christ is risen from the dead. We are one with him again. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead, we are one with him again. Come awake, come awake. Come and rise up from the grave. You know, Pastor Ryan must talk of the resurrection that lies in the future. This day where because of the new heaven and the new earth, we will be before the throne of our Lord forever and ever, singing his praises. You know, John had a picture um, that, he, that he painted for us in Revelation, the fourth chapter. And even now, worship is happening before the throne. You know, I, I'm, I'm sometimes, after several years of being in the ministry and working with worship and music, I'm, I, I've always wondered, what, what is this picture going to be like where one day from every tongue, every nation, every tribe, peoples will be before the throne. And I'm not sure the, the worship here in the Northwest is going to be like that worship that our brothers and sisters have in Africa or Europe or South America. But it will be amazing because of the new life that we have in Christ, because of this resurrection that he did defeat. And so John took pen in, in hand and he wrote these words for us. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature is like a lion. The second living creature like an ox. The third living creature with the face of a man and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, were full of eyes all around them, and day and night they never ceased to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, because of the resurrection, because of this good news, the gospel, we should be excited about. We can't live. We can't live uh, this mediocre sort of gospel-centered life. It must have no importance or all importance, and that's the good news: the gospel that we should be busy about sharing with others around us. So I, can, I, I, I urge you, as you think about this new life that we have, a better way to live. Who can we share that with? Who could you invite to our summer jazz to not only enjoy good music, 
but to know, to learn more of this new life, the gospel that changes everything. Amen. Stand and lift up our hands for the 
joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship him now. How great, how awesome is he. And together we sing. Stand and lift up our hands, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He, and together we sing. Everyone. Holy is the Lord. 